title of my message is, The Nuclear Family is Under Attack. But we are going to attack that which attacks our family. But we are attacking that which attacks us. And the Lord himself said what? I will trouble those who trouble you. When you know that, you just can't get down. You don't let the enemy cause you to fear or tremble or have one minute of just trepidation because you know the Lord is on your side. Say, the Lord is on my side. So the nuclear family may be under attack, and Disney may be trying to come for our children. Sex reassignment surgery may be trying to break in and have its way. You know, puberty blockers for kids, they're calling best practice, quote, unquote, and states preventing this will be held accountable. I mean, these are the kind of headlines that we read nowadays. Is that not true? Are we all reading? Yeah, we're all in the same? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Suicide on the rise. They, them, us, we. No, it's he and it's she. Amen. It is he and it is she. It is male and it is female. What do you mean we can't say gay? The core of what makes a family yeah, defines a man and a woman that is under public attack without shame. Without shame. It is trying to redefine. We know it's not going to ultimately, but it certainly tries and they'll have their measure, right? But it's without shame. I just read to you some of the headlines that you guys may have also read in the news recently. There's an indoctrination, and it has been on the incline for years with a massive, audacious irreverence to what is biblically right, contrary to what is biblically right, and it's just posing this opposite agenda, opposite the Bible. Are we all on the same page? We all know. Mm -hmm. But you, every single one of you, are strategically placed You are strategically placed to minister to the one right in front of you. And you have to hear this tonight because you are strategically, you know, placed and centered to minister to that very individual that is right in front of you every single day of your life when you walk out. Every single day, you are called to minister to that person. If there was ever a time, church, ever, if there was ever a time to speak up for your faith, it's right now. If there was ever a time, it is now. This is not a time to sit back and expect other people to do your job for you. It is not. You have been called an ambassador. Did you know the Bible says that you are an ambassador? Yes? Okay, an ambassador is going to go forth and speak up, right? We are called ambassadors for Christ, not only to just observe what is going on, but also to speak it. Your voice counts. Say, my voice counts. You don't have to have a massive crowd behind you. Some people think they have to have this massive movement, or they've got to start this ministry, or they've got to do this, or they've got to go over here, you know, because there's a massive move happening over here. You have people every single day that cross your path. Are you looking at to what is right in front of you? Because you have been called to the front lines of the battle. 
but you've already won because Christ has already won. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You're already an overcomer because the overcomer lives in the inside of you. So you've already overcome, but you have been called to the one that's right in front of you. You do not need a whole massive uh, crowd behind you. Isn't that true? Do you need a whole club of people cheering you on? Do you have to be part of something so, so big in order for you to do what God calls you to do right in front of your face? Because God sees. Part of the calling is to cause you to rise up in your own calling, which is speaking of truth. That means speaking to truth. That means having the boldness of Christ to go forth and to do the will of God. We come here, we get empowered, we get filled with the glory. We see the power of God, the Holy Ghost moving every single time. The glory of God, angels we saw even before the service started. We already had people saying what they saw in the spirit in the room. It's just laced. It's just the spirit of God has just filled this this atmosphere, we love that atmosphere, but it's an atmosphere that we get filled in, empowered and encouraged, right? Strengthened, taught, so that we go out and we remember that, that, that checker that's right there, the checker. How about the checker at the grocery store? How about the man at the grocery store that's checking you out? He's, he's, and he says, his name may say Bob, but you know, He doesn't look like a Bob. You know, and some of you laugh. I quite don't, don't think it's funny at all. It's not funny at all. It's repulsive. It's saddening. It's heartbreaking. We cannot have that kind of attitude. That's exactly the kind of attitude that some of the church has taken. They laugh at things they shouldn't be laughed at. We have shows that make fun of the purity and the holiness of God. Don't let that be you. They mock Christianity. They cause men to feel like they, they just emasculate the men so that they have no voice. What does that mean? What does that mean? The very core of what makes up a family has been under attack for a long time. And Christians have laughed at it. You need to stop because I'm serious about that. That is wrong. And we will be accountable before the Lord one day. Stand up and have a holy boldness. Our voice, your voice, it counts. And you don't have to have a massive crowd behind you here on earth because you already have a massive crowd behind you. You already have the Lord of the, of the army. He's already behind you. He already has a choir of angels behind you. Do you not know that? You think you have to have all these people that are saying, yes, yeah, go ahead, do that. You already have the Lord of hosts. He's already behind you. He already encourages you. He's already fought that battle. I take authority over every place of complacency within any single person that's listening to the sound of my voice. Any place of complacency, any place where there's compromise, I command that compromise to be broken off of you right now and for the holy boldness of God to come upon you because you understand that lives are at stake. In the face of danger, a mother bird does not move. She stays and she protects her own. She sits right there on, her, on the nest to protect her young. You know what she does? She just expands her wings. She just expands her wings. 
Your wings are being expanded. Your faith is rising. You're getting stronger. You're not shrinking. You're not of those that are going to shrink back. Your wings are just going to expand. Your faith is rising. You're realizing that, no, we're not going to be silent. And yes, we're going to pray. And yes, we're going to speak up as God gives opportunity. What does the word say in Psalm 91, 1 and 2? He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, you shall take refuge. Look at the analogy there. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, my God in him I will trust. And we have to have this in the core of who we are. So you are strategically placed for this end time army that we are, that we are in, in, time, in this battle. We are the end time army. And you are strategically placed. Joseph was placed as a governor to fulfill his assignment. Paul, he was a tent maker, but he was fulfilling his God assignment. Say, I'm also fulfilling my God assignment. I'm fulfilling my God assignment. You're fulfilling your God assignment. As you stay and you watch. Nehemiah was a butler, a servant strategically placed to bring about the will of God in the midst of wicked circumstances. And so are you. Everyone smile. This is the time to smile. In the midst of wicked circumstances, we are still, we are God's chosen. Why would you not speak up? Because you're afraid of some persecution? Is anybody in this room afraid of a little persecution? Is anybody in this room or listening to my voice, afraid of a lot of persecution. When you said yes, I hope you meant it. No, none, no fear, but sold out, committed. Not on my terms, God, but on yours. Second Timothy 3, 12 through 14 says everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. You shouldn't be afraid of this scripture. It's the truth. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned. 2 Timothy 3, 12 through 14. As for you, continue in what you have learned. What have you learned? You've learned to be completely sold out to Jesus. You have learned that no matter what, you're going to honor him. You're going to praise him. You're going to live rightly. God wants you to live rightly. He doesn't pour out his glory for a bride that lives half-heartedly. There's a cost to the anointing that continues to be poured out in this place. And if you think you can just waltz right on in here and just receive for what's being poured out, and if you think that you're going to have this level of anointing and it's going to cost you nothing, then I've got another story for you because that's not right at all. That's absolutely incorrect. There's a cost. It will cost you. And like I've told you, it's cost Jesus everything. And it's going to cost you. So stop being afraid or worried about a little trouble, a little persecution. Because when... 
the godly will suffer persecution. But look, in the end, the glory of God that's coming upon you, he would, that yes, that, that love of God, that understanding that God is with you, the peace that he gives you, the joy that he gives you, the understanding of his will and the wanting, the will to walk in his perfect will. You've got churches full of lukewarm Christians and then you have a bunch of churches cheering them on. A bunch of lukewarm Christianity and then you have the other half of the church cheering them on. Stop. Realize this is not about popularity. This is about having your life completely committed to the one that saved your soul, to the one that you owe everything to. This is about really giving your all to Jesus and not compromising. How do you compromise? When you stay silent. Sometimes when you stay silent, that was a compromise. Because when the Lord was nudging you to speak, when the Lord was nudging you to speak, and you didn't speak, that was a compromise. That was a step backwards. You know what you do when you realize, wow, I've done that. Lord, give me another opportunity because he's faithful and he'll give you another opportunity. And then it's your opportunity to speak up, right? You do so in love, but you need to speak up. You know, you have to have this understanding that we are in a war and there are people that are dying on our watch and they shouldn't be, especially if they're assigned to you. And you, you do know that that is how it works in the kingdom, right? You do know that, right? So I, I do decree over you before I go on. I do decree over you that your eyes are being opened and that scales are falling from your eyes right now. Every one of you, scales are falling from your eyes. If there's any scales, they fall off your eyes in the name of Jesus. And there is an increase of God's holiness, his purity, his anointing, and his power, his understanding. His understanding. It's God's understanding that you want. It is God's wisdom that you want, not the earthly wisdom, right, which is soulish. You don't want that kind of wisdom. So let's turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Do you not know that God is able to keep you, church? In 1 Peter chapter 1 and in verse 5, it says this. It says, who are kept by the power of God through faith. We are kept by by the power of God through faith. That means you are protected. If you're kept, you're protected. You are protected. You've got to know that in the very core of your being. You are protected by the power of God, and that is through faith. Say, I am kept by the same power that saved Daniel from the lion's den. I am kept. I'm kept by the same power that kept the three Hebrew boys from being burned alive, you're kept, you're protected, you're kept, you're kept, you're kept by the same power that shook the earth and opened the prison doors for Paul and Silas. You are kept, you are protected. Isn't that true? Let, let's go there. Let's go to Acts 16. Turn to Acts 16, and we're going to read in verse 25.
verse 25, it says this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And then immediately all the doors were open, not just some of the doors. All of the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself. It says that the keeper of the prison, the prison guard, the keeper of the prison, he wasn't keeping very well. He wasn't protecting very well. The protector of the prison was not able to protect, and he is not able to override the hand of God either. He is not able to. So what I'm saying is I don't care what, what is opposed, what's coming against you in opposition. This keeper was supposed to keep those prisoners in jail, and he failed his job. He failed. He didn't keep those prisoners. He didn't keep them in that jail cell because when the earth started to quake, when the earth, when God started to shake the earth and God is shaking the earth, when God started to cause things to rumble and things are starting to rumble, it was the hand of God upon Paul's life. It was the hand of God upon their lives to bring them out and to bring them into a, a place where they could decree the truth and not be kept in captivity. Is that not true? And is that not true for you? So he's the keeper. He's protecting you. He's protecting you. Say, he's protecting me. I'm not going to be afraid of what might come against me or my family. I'm sold out, sold out for Jesus. Is that not true? It's powerful. You are kept, say, say verse 5 with me. I am kept by the power of God through faith. Go back to verse 5. I am kept by the power of God. This is 1 Peter, that is. 1 Peter. I am kept by the power of God through faith. Now I want you to go to 1 Peter, and we're going to read a few more scriptures in 1 Peter 1, starting in 3. It says, blessed be the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, oh, praise God for his abundant mercy, amen, has begotten us again to a living hope. There's a, it's a living hope. He, he's called you to a living hope. Church of God, you're not hopeless. He's called you to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. And it does not fade away reserved in heaven for you, and who are kept by the power of God through faith. You are kept by the power of God, regardless of how absurd, regardless of how diabolic, diabolically corrupt and perverse our culture may become. Regardless, stand your ground because you are kept by the power of God. You are kept by the power of God. It doesn't matter what man may say they're going to do. This man, this jailer said he was going to do something and he failed because the power of God prevailed. And the power of God will prevail in your life as you keep God first, as you keep the word of God first, as you're, you're adamant about the things that God is adamant about. That's why I'll usually, I tell get a backbone. Get a backbone, will you? Let the Holy Spirit give you a backbone. We don't need wishy-washy Christianity. We already have plenty of those. God already says he's going to vomit them out of his mouth. 
We need people that are going to be on fire for the Lord. And you come and you get filled with the fire of God, the power of God. Well, you need to walk out with the fire. And you need to keep that fire. And if you feel like the fire is starting to wane, they say, Lord, fill me with your fire. It, it doesn't matter that you're not here. Let me tell you, God is with you everywhere you go. He is with you in your home. He is with you when you're all by yourself. He is with you when you're asleep. He is with you. He is with you when you're walking up and down the street, when you're taking your walk, when you're going to the grocery store. He is with you. And he says, if you'll just yield the members of your body to me, if you'll just yield, if you'll listen to him, and just say, Lord, who is my assignment today? And you're gonna, and then you do what he tells you to do. That's what I'm talking about. That one that's right in front of you. You will have fulfilled your assignment for that day. You will have fulfilled God's calling on your life. Instead of saying, Well, I need to go to so-and-so's ministry. I need to connect with this ministry or that ministry because there's a massive movement over there. Really? Because let me tell you something. There may be a massive movement over there, but there's someone right under your nose that God has called you to be assigned to. Are you doing the will of God? Are your eyes opened up to the one in front of you? Because that's the one you're going to be accountable for. That's the one that we are going to be accountable for. How many of you guys are hearing what I'm talking about? This is a charge that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you guys. This is a charge. So I love that we come together, and I love that we get filled with the glory of God, the power of God. Oh, we love it. We love it. You know, God takes us to these spiritual highs. It's incredible. And it's sometimes hard to even come down from these spiritual highs. Like to do normal life. What's normal? Normal went out the window a long time. But, but seriously, like to drive your car. Like to drive your car. That's what I mean by normal. Like to keep your eyes on the road. And so you're just like, you know, that kind of normal. That's what I'm talking about. It's hard sometimes because that's the realm of God's glory. But the only way that we can consistently, and we have been, the way that we can consistently you know, go to these depths of God's heart in the glory realm is as we allow him to continue to fill us up again, just continually fill us, staying in the word of God, keeping our heart open, communicating with him, praying, staying in fellowship and expecting more, that hunger of God, expecting more. But then don't negate the one right in front of you that has no clue what you're talking about, that has never experienced the love of God because they may not even know him. And I want, I want you to ask the Lord, who in my midst doesn't even know you, Lord, that I need to share the love of Jesus with them? Because there's no reason why you can't pray and let this individual come to know Jesus Christ. This is Easter week, isn't it? Holy Week. Not everybody even knows it because they try to, where's the decorations? Where, where's all the, you know, right? It's not even out there. There's bunnies. But where are the crosses? Where, where's all, where's the thing that are going to point to Jesus' death, his burial, his, his resurrection? Do you realize that this is the most important, important celebration? Yes, he was born. But the fact that he died and rose again. This is the power that we're talking about. This is Holy Week. 
So I want you to be real mindful that there are people that don't know this Jesus that we love so much, that we're so in awe of, so thankful for, and so willing to come back time after time after time and celebrate him with an open heart, and we receive so much more from him every time. Not everyone knows him. So this week, you are being challenged to ask the Lord, who in my midst doesn't know you? Who can I share the love of God with? Are we going to do this challenge? You all going to do it? And then bring them to church. Bring them to church. Bring them next Saturday. Bring them next Thursday. Bring them to church. Revelation 22, 12. I'm going to say it again. Behold, he says, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. These are the words of Jesus. To give to everyone according to his work. God wants to give you a reward according to your work. He says, my reward, he says, I am coming quickly. My reward is with me, and I want to give to everyone according to his work. Revelation 22, 13. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Let's say it again. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And one more time. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God the glory. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. He shall reign forever and ever. That's Revelation eleven fifteen. Let's put Revelation eleven fifteen. I need. I want you to see the words. I want you to see these words. As you, as you remain standing, the kingdoms of this world. Are there kingdoms in this world that are trying to oppose God? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Look at right there, right in the middle of that of that scripture. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. So it doesn't matter what's trying to come against the kingdom of the Lord. The Lord says, I already have this. All oh, they're puny. They're, they're not, they're powerless. They think they've got all this power. It's powerless because they're going to be mine. They're going to be mine. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am victorious. He says, I want a victorious bride. I want a strong bride. I want a bride that knows that when you pray and you know that God answers prayer, when you pray, God will answer. <laughs>